federal election. It comes just less than two years into what has been a minority parliament unlike any other during an unprecedented time. Sorry, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another episode of An Abuan Short. It's me, Ikran, and I'm with... Astahir. Yes, I'm with Astahir. And today we'll be talking about politics, specifically Canadian politics. As you all may know, that there is a surprise election coming up. And so we wanted to kind of discuss this, um, especially because personally, I understand nothing about this. So I brought two great guests with me today, Marian and Joydia. Marian has worked, I said Marian, and then I said Marian. <laughs> Marian has worked in spaces adjacent to politics, and Joydia just likes mess. So yes, please, yeah. uh, let's get into it. Okay, guys, first of all, can I just say something? Disclaimer, disclaimer. I haven't been on Twitter for a while, and when someone told me this election, I was just so confused. Like, you know, because we live in Edmonton, right, in Alberta, and they're like, oh, everything is becoming lax, lockdown is over, people can take off their mask, and then people are not it were like oh this is only gonna last for the next six weeks because the conservatives are trying to make their base happy and then after the elections everything's gonna change and i'm like elections what the hell are these people talking about apparently we're having a federal election genuinely did not see this coming well kind of did but i'm so surprised when you say surprise election it truly is yeah i never because i've been here because i guess there's a minority government which we can also get into but like that there was going to be like another election i don't know i feel like i've been hearing this for the past two years or so but i never understood why they wouldn't just wait the four-year period it just didn't make sense to me and so i do not understand i mean i feel like i understand it very like little a little bit of it but yeah so those of you who understand this better can you exp- so the last election can you tell us when our last election was and why the hell we're having another election for dummies like me i think our last election was october of 2019 if i'm if i'm not correct someone please yes. correct me yeah yeah october 2019 and we voted in the well liberal government got like 156 seats out of 177 so that made them a minority government to get the majority government in parliament you have to have 177 seats but the liberal government only got 156 the conservative government got not that less actually got 100 and Fifth, I'm not sure what it was, but like not not that bad. The NDP got 24 out of 44, and Green Party got like four seats, I think. And Bloc de Quebecois also got a lot of seats in Quebec, as is expected usually from that party. That's why we have a minority government, and a minority government means that a lot of the uh, decisions that is being made by the government is sort of like everybody has to make it together or some parties have to form coalitions or agreements in order for any laws to pass. Sorry guys, I'm all over the place, but like even if the the conservative government who got less seats 
than the liberal government if they could have somehow made an agreement with Bloc de, de Quebecois or any other or both NDP and Bloc de, de Quebecois and they could have also formed a minority government but that wasn't possible for them and they were they weren't able to do that so and but the liberal government was able to do that they were able to get the NDP to say that we'll make decisions together like whichever if the if the liberals are making decisions will agree if we if we want to like sort of like a coalition like an informal one then we will be with the liberals so that's why they were able to get a minority government because they had the support of the NDP sometimes minority governments they have like this formal coalition they're like us and the NDP like partisan basically like how me us and the and liberals and the NDPs will always vote together they can have like a formal coalition like that but in this case Trudeau's government said that they would ask case by case so they would work with the conservatives on some things they would work with the NDP on some things and that was kind of like how their government was formed so sometimes like for like pipeline issues and stuff like that they they vote with the conservatives they both vote together and anything usually to do with the pandemic and like services yes yes social services they vote with the NDP because that's where the NDP's policies lie so that's how like the government was, was set up this way Along with that, it's the fact that, like, when you're talking about it within, like, Canada, right, we have, like, provincial parliament or, like, a legislature, and then you have, like, your federal, which is, like, right, your House of Commons at Parliament Hill in Ottawa. So for Canada, we have 338 federal ridings across the country, right? So the whole country is divided into ridings. And then within a riding you have folks who are running for each party, right? So you have someone running for the Liberals, for the NDP, for the Conservatives, maybe the Green, or maybe even like the People's Party, which is like a more conservative party. But it's like you might not always have someone running from that party. And then like right election day comes or like elections, it's like they're campaigning to become the MP, the member of parliament for your riding. And then right election day comes, you vote for the person you want to represent your riding from whichever party, right? And then whoever, whichever party has the most seats at that point, they, the head of that party becomes prime minister. But a head of party has to be an MP in order to become the prime minister. So for example, Jagmeet Singh is the MP for Burnaby in Vancouver, in BC. So hypothetically, let's just say NDPs won the most seats, but he lost his riding. He is not allowed to be prime minister because the head of that party in and of itself has to be an MP. So for example, right now, every single head of party in Canada, um, is a member of parliament except the head of the Greens, Anami Paul. She's the only, uh, she's a black woman head of the Green Party. She doesn't have a seat as an MP. So technically, if the Greens won, she's not allowed to be prime minister if she doesn't win a riding. So the thing that people have to take in is that the reason an election got called, or this is called like a snap election, is because usually elections happen every four years. But as Juria explained, Liberals had a minority government. Typically, historically in Canada, minority governments don't last longer than two and a half years. So it's actually been pretty assumed or it's been a topic of conversation in a lot of spaces that we kind of had a feeling a fall election was going to come. But when I was like kind of working in politics and like things like that, and you start like interacting with these folks and you start like learning a lot more, that's when I realized I'm like, oh, like Canada's not a super complicated parliamentary system but it's like you never for a lot of us it's like you learn once in like 10th grade and then like 
that's it. Like, no one, yeah, so. Mm-hmm. Also, I feel like people always getting confused because we talk about the prime ministers, like the people who are going to be prime ministers, Trudeau, Jagmeet Singh, and like the conservative guy. Anyway, so when you're going to vote, you're so confused because the names are all people in your writing. It's the people running for your area. So you're voting if you vote conservative in your area, that's a vote for the conservative party in general. So it's not like you get your paper and you're like, oh, I'm going to vote for Trudeau. No, you vote for the person who's best for your area, who has the best policies for your place. And if that happens to be someone of either conservative NDP or liberal party, then that is a vote for Trudeau. That's a seat for Trudeau and that's a seat for whoever wants to be prime minister. Yeah, you do vote for like MPs. Like nobody ever directly votes for. There's no Justin Trudeau's name unless you're in his riding in Quebec, somewhere Quebec. Pa- then you'll Papa see knows. his name as yeah, yeah. You'll see his his name as an MP that you decide. But but for like people in like different provinces and different ridings, you vote for your specific the specific like the MP that you saw, like any MP. But they'll tell you what party everybody belongs to, and if you like want to vote strategically or whatever, you can vote for whichever party, quote unquote, you want to win the majority seats in Parliament. Usually, voting strategically in somewhere like Alberta. If you vote for like a liberal <laughs> it's not gonna work out for you that well because we have zero seat in usually in like edmonton where i live like there's there's no liberal so like voting strategically in alberta means like voting maybe like ndp or something like that if you want the conservatives to go out of out of power but like voting for liberal in like anywhere in like alberta or like edmonton specifically it you know you're just give, you're just giving away your vote basically you know, I feel like people uh, always try to be, you know, non-biased when it comes to this conversation. No, no, I'm not going to be non-biased. Yeah. I can't do that. Um, so yeah. when we're in, when you're in Edmonton, when you're in Alberta in general, and you're voting for anything non-blue, oh my God, have you guys ever seen the map? Yeah. <laughs> it is the it's... most depressing map ever. Yeah. <laughs> it's very depressing. So anyway, it's going to be conservative or NDP. Yeah. So it's, that, it's yeah. very interesting because I remember when I was like in... Um, Alberta or like even in Edmonton like I've seen the map and it is just like in Edmonton you just see a little bit of orange and then as you go out it just goes literally just blue and then I'm just like mm-hmm. so panel mm-hmm. like Alberta is no you know what I did after I voted in the 2019 election I don't know who I voted for I can't lie because I was voting strategically anyway I zoomed in zoomed in zoomed in and can you imagine that even the place I was voting in was like 90% blue so I'm pretty sure the 10% was me and my family. <laughs> no, yeah, definitely. It, it, in Rachel Notley, she, I think the provincial election was somewhat of that time as well when Jason Kenney won and we have to like contend with him till like 2023, the premier. He had, he blew her out of the water, like genuinely. And I think she was the first ever premier who was seeking re-election in Alberta and lost, you know? So she made history there and everything was blue. Like there was not even just like maybe like two seats that was NDP in Alberta. I don't know, someone correct me, but in all of Alberta, like four million people. Even like on a federal scale, we're seeing this really crazy and I hate to use this term because it's like white, like what a lot of like conservative or like white supremacy use, but it's like 
this wave of blue that we're really seeing. It's not just in Canada that we're seeing this, but we're seeing it kind of around the world, but this like wave of conservatism. And you're seeing it across Europe with a lot of governments going conservative. And every single province in Canada, is it except like Newfoundland, I think, and like British Columbia has a conservative provincial government. Mm -hmm. And it's like, but like people forget that like parties on a provincial scale are not the same as parties on a federal scale. Because mm-hmm. on federal, it's like, you know, that's the whole country, but provincially, it's adapted to. So conservatives in Alberta is not going to look like conservative in Ontario. It's not going to look like conservative in British Columbia. But like for folks who may not be Canadian, like we're talking about like, you know, your province or like what would be an, if you're American equated to your state, right? So conservatism looks different. But like on a federal scale, like we're seeing such a rise in like it's always been there but like as of late it's like really it's really getting like fueled it's like i'm not gonna lie it's like kind of terrifying and like what's actually really sad simultaneously is the fact that like we don't even have like one black woman who's an mp there's like not a single one in canada like you we used to um selena cesar chavez who was the the mp for whitby ontario she got pushed out of like she did get um pushed out of the party and it's like very sad that like we literally yeah now if you look at it we do have black men who are like mps but yeah we don't have a single uh black woman who is an mp i just feel like politics especially like canadian politics is so toxic and not a safe environment at all it's hostile environment i just you know like when you see how the regular canadian talks about elections we're not like i hate to always compare ourselves to freaking america but we're not as bad as that because there's that whole polite veneer that people have like don't talk about politics don't do that but when the numbers come out you know the truth (laughs) like the numbers really tell you what state this country is and how people are thinking on a daily it's scary scenes just to backtrack a bit i just wanted to give context for some people who may not be familiar but the colors that we're talking about conservatives blue liberals red ndp's orange and the green is green. The green party is green. <laughs> and no one cares about the rest. <laughs> but yeah, I just wanted to quiet, but yeah. Yeah, so I was just, yeah, I was just saying that because we were talking about blue a lot, so blue just means conservative. Yeah, Trudeau, an absolute mess. Yeah. A mess of a person. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine I'm saying this on a podcast, but I'm just going to say one thing that I'm so glad that it was a liberal minority that we had during a pandemic because we would not see a lot of the things we've saw if it was a conservative majority. I'm so sorry to say this. No, that's true. Yeah. So just to go back to, I guess, what we were talking about. So the fact that there is an election now is because they can't agree on things and they just want, like, one party wants to assume power. Is that, like, Mm -hmm. they're tired of compromising and, like, try to get along. Yeah, Trudeau thinks that because of the state right now, oh, Mm -hmm. the pandemic's over, liberals have, like you know, favorability. A lot of people are like, oh, you guys did a good job during the pandemic, blah, 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 blah. So he's like, this is the best yeah. time to like sprung this on the Canadian nation so that they have to quickly make a decision. And if they have to quickly make a decision, they'll vote for a liberal majority. It definitely is a power grab because the thing is, we already knew with like the history of minority governments, right, that like minority governments don't last the full four-year term, that they're allotted. It usually happens like halfway through two, two and a half years 
the mark. But it's like, it definitely is a power grab because the thing is, he's banking on CERB and vaccine numbers Mm -hmm. in order to propel him to be able to become a majority. And I think as well, when you're a majority government, you can get, you can get things through the house, whether that be bills or legislation, you can get it through really fast. Because if you're a majority and you're voting on bills, it's like, oh, well, you have the majority. You can get things through really fast. But he's now in a situation where he is bargaining or he has to like kind of not play to the whims, but he, yeah, he has to constantly be in communication with NDP and things along those lines in order to get things through. So at this point, you're going to get tired of having to like negotiate and things like that. So he's like, like, let me just try and like get this. Let me just do this grab. But the thing is, like a lot of things people are don't take in or like, you know, if you don't have because access is a huge thing when we're talking about politics, right? It's like who has like access to this information? How's this information provided? And like, the thing is, a lot of things that the liberals were championed for doing were not the liberals. It was NDPs. These are NDP policies or um, ideas that they were able to get through. Affordable child care has been a conversation and with NDPs for decades or the conversation around universal pharmacare and even universal basic income, which, right, like CERB, people are trying to transition CERB and like what it's been transitioned to or like people always talk about universal basic income. These are things that have been NDP values for years. And it's like, it's like a lot of the times liberals are getting championed for things, but it's like, fam, you were never with this. You weren't with them shooting in the gym. So. Yeah. <laughs> Not only that, but the this is like very similar to Pierre Trudeau's government, Justin Trudeau's dad's government. Nepotism working, gay. But it was he had a minority government, and then he asked the governor general for the dissolution of the parliament, and then he got a majority government, and then he was prime minister for fifteen years after that. So it, everybody knew it was coming because he would be an actual idiot if he didn't take advantage of the of the momentum surrounding the covid pandemic like a lot of things are like being like like a lot of the restrictions are being eased in different provinces pc provinces but uh he would like he would if he didn't take advantage of it like everybody would be really confused because this is the type of situation to take advantage of in order for you to get a majority government which Justin Trudeau did and Jagmeet Singh the NDP they have been the ones that like they're they're ones that serb they're the ones that said if it's not 2000 you can count us out so and like you know serb and all those conversations PC is not even in it they they're like you know my name is Bennett and I'm not in it like they don't care <laughs> enough they do not vote with the liberals on any of those things because they don't want to be blamed for it and also because they don't think um they're what do they call fiscally conservative anyways so uh, the ndp are the ones that were pushing hard for 2000 2000 uh, sir payments they're the ones that were championing the 900 uh, thousand 900 dollars for the srb the canada recovery benefit after the serb finished they were the ones that tried really hard to get the government to the trudeau's government to make to increase uh, because they cut the funding for the CRB to 540 in the last eight weeks, they were trying really hard not to allow them to cut it, but they wouldn't like the Trudeau's government was just like, nope, we're cutting it. We don't care what you say, basically. And they did cut it. It's 540 for the last eight weeks of C- of the Canada recovery benefit. So it was very much the NDP that was keeping us afloat mm-hmm. in the pandemic. And I don't know why, but somehow, some way, 
the NDP, they they keep dropping the ball. Like, you know, a lot of people know this, you know, like normal people like I'm, I'm like politically like I just search it for like my own benefit. So everybody knows that the NDP was like a very like a major force in the pandemic. But somehow, some way it gets lost in translation in the way that they explain their position, their positioning. Right. Like one thing, like Marshall to be a well, Nigeria dropping numbers and facts, honestly. <laughs> and the one thing that I can tell you is the NDP is there. Well, you know what? This is, you know what? I'll say it with my chest. I don't care. They have a horrible staff and I will say that with my chest. And that's yeah, the thing that people don't understand. It's the fact that NDP has like, obviously, you know, people always say like, oh, if this was a Jack Layton NDP and Jack Layton, for those who don't know, used to be the head of the NDPs. He passed away quite a few years ago. His wife is like very involved in municipal politics, I think in Toronto. But like if it was a Jack Layton NDP, you know, he would people, a lot of people say like, oh, what if he could have been prime minister, things along those lines. But the thing is, that's the thing with NDPs. They suck at sticking to a message and sticking Mm -hmm. to one thing like that's their problem that i personally find people may have different perspectives but they are really bad at getting their point across and like that's the thing if there's one thing that conservatives and like conservatives do and obviously i'll say with my chest i i'm not a conservative i'm not a liberal if i have to fit within this like you know these like western ideas of political spectrums i would say i fall more along the lines with an ndp they they just suck this is what i can say if people who don't who aren't um, familiar with politics at all if they hear conservative liberal their messaging has been shoved down our throats so many times that you can usually kind of find where they fall but ndps people don't mm-hmm. on yeah. top of that people just assign everything ndp does to liberal because they're like progressive progressive same liberal progressive same mm-hmm. thing and then everything that and, and they don't distinguish themselves enough mm-hmm. from the liberals for people to actually consider them to be a viable you know, option, which is Genuinely, sad. Generally, I would, I would say that a lot of the people that, you know, quote unquote, strategically vote, they are, they more align with NDP's platform, mm-hmm. but 100%. they know that the NDP might not or will have yeah. like a really hard time getting like a ma- majority. So that's why, or a minority even, like they won't get enough seats regardless. And so that's why they vote for liberal. That's why I think like in September, like October 2019, the NDP seats in, in parliament went from 44 to 24. You know, they lost 20 whole seats. And 100%, I don't think it's because people didn't support the NDP is that they didn't have enough confidence that the NDP would actually I am uh, sorry win. you know what threw me off those TikTok videos in the last quarter are you okay are you okay no they're Ill. why would you do that NDP makes it so hard to root for them like we're rooting for you we're all rooting for you but why are you on TikTok doing dumbass trends for 14 year olds that can't vote for you like why I was rooting for you we were all rooting for you how dare you learn something from this it pisses me off and like i remember the elections like i was very much ndp and i voted for ndp but i do remember like the entire timeline everyone was saying like everyone was like we we want us to vote for our ndp but we're gonna vote strategically because we don't we don't think they're gonna win and well i remember thinking like if all these people actually voted for ndp then they probably they could have won but imagine way too many people that were saying the same thing Mm-hmm. But they were right, Ikran. Imagine every a lot of these people voted for NDP, and then 
uh, it's called the liberals had so, le, uh, less seats than the conservatives because of That's that. True. And it was a PC minority government and we would all not Sh- be alive no. today, really, truly for in the COVID. But I feel like that's actually kind of like it, like, like I get when people say like, oh, you know, throwing, like giving a vote to NDP is like a waste of a vote. Like, I don't think they're going to win. And I just think to myself, I'm like, statistically, if you look at those numbers of people who say that's a throwaway vote, like would NDPs have had more seats would have. And it's a lot of Mm -hmm. if, if and what's like, you know what I mean? So it Mm -hmm. does like, I, I get what I mean about like voting strategically, voting strategically. But this is the first election where youth or what is defined as youth make up the majority of voters in Canada. So it's a really scary thing if to me, if I see that like, oh, a lot of people during this election, I know we're talking about last election, but you know, like, like different conversation, people saying it's a throwaway vote, it's a throwaway vote. But it's like, shoot, like, how many thousands and tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of people thought like that. And for us, all through all four of us, we live in very big cities in Canada. Like we live in very like fair we live in some of the largest cities in Canada. So yes, there are more people voting in those ridings, but I'm thinking about people who are in ridings where the voter where the voting is nine hundred people a thousand people twelve hundred people like how many people are thinking and i know we're thinking those are traditionally conservative writings but i'm wondering how many of those youth or those folks who may be liberal who may be ndp are like i'm just gonna vote liberal because it's a throwaway because it's a throwaway because we also are forgetting about the tiny writings the little writings you know Mm -hmm. and a lot of those seats and a lot of those they make up a lot of seats so it's just like, you know, it's not it's not always Metro Toronto or Metro but, Ottawa or Edmonton, right? Mm-hmm. But in my opinion, mm-hmm. first of all, I don't think any vote is a throwaway vote because yeah. that's a number for anyone. Even if the person loses, that's a percentage for the next election. However, I do think that the blame does not go on the voters. It goes on the people you are voting for. If NDP cannot inspire confidence of in course, people yeah. to even mm-hmm. vote for them in a situation where it's 50-50, then I'm sorry, what are they going to do for the country? <laughs> No, NDP, genuinely, if I was more politically aligned and I actually wanted to, like, you know, sell my soul to the devil, <laughs> I would literally apply for a job at, at an NDP, anything so that, like, you know, it didn't frust- frustrate me so much just to help them, even if I don't support them in everything, because yeah. they, I don't know what is happening there. Their staff completely sucks, first of all, for sure. Meet Singh, you know, he has a lot of things that are going for him, but like more against him, you know, Canada, Canada is, you know, they are, you know, diet America for sure. Like, you know, Canada is like one of the most racist countries. I'll say that with my chest. It's very true, guys. Um, they will not vote for a brown Sikh man. Mm-hmm. You know, they they 100%. need to justify you need it to, be to their racism. Yeah, you he has to be, be exceptional. He needs to be, he needs to be flag on air yeah. for them to justify it. They need racial palatability. Like what is yeah. palatable to them? And at the, like you said, right? Well, at the end of this day, like regardless of anything, Canada is a country that is built on the back of Indigenous and Black genocide, and specifically Indigenous genocide. And like it's still a colonial system that's built on white supremacy, and like it's entrenched in our systems. So, and another like a really big problem that a lot of people have with Jagmeet Singh is when we're talking about Quebec and the bill that bans mm-hmm. religious symbols. If you work in the public sector in Quebec, you're not you're not allowed to wear hijab. And like, okay, it was so yeah. ridiculous that. People 
people were like, I remember someone was like, they can't even be police officers. Firstly, ew, defund, <laughs> defund, defund, <laughs> destroy, and Do abolish police and prisons. Abolish police and prisons. If you are a, if you work for police, I'm sorry, you're a sellout. Just so you know. I do not sort care. You are gross. But, and then people were trying to talk to Jagmeet Singh about that. And what did he say? He, like, he, he didn't even have an opinion. No, he said that's a Quebec's, he said something along the lines of, that's Quebec's own, yeah, that's yeah. Quebec's own whatever. And you the, know what the my funniest, opinion of him plummeted. You know plummeted. what the funniest yeah. thing is about that? The funniest thing about that is that Andrew Shear had more of a opposing view than Jagmeet Singh of the NDP, all because he wants to make himself platable. And mind you, Andrew Scheer is the head of the Conservatives, for folks who don't know. Yeah, Andrew Scheer yeah. was the former head of Conservative, but after Trudeau won, his party voted him out, and now it's no, Aaron Andrew O'Toole. Sh- anyway, I laugh whenever I think about Andrew Scheer. <laughs> Andrew Scheer. Yeah, Aaron O'Toole, you know what it is? They have a... I feel like Trudeau will be very surprised when he sees that all the anti-vaxxers will vote in the, like, overwhelmingly vote in the PC. Like, that's, like, the feeling I get because I don't, I'm not very optimistic about elections in general because everybody's a snake in this country and this city specifically. I have no hope for Edmonton specifically. I know it's going to be blue with, like, a scattering of, like, orange you know quote me on that like genuinely i'm very um confident that it's gonna be because like people today they don't like the the day after they said there's no more mask mandate everybody just took it off in the middle of the street they said if you test positive you don't have to isolate that's the wildest thing i've ever heard we're locked in our houses guys we don't go out and we don't see people Because, like, if people are, like, really crazy here, they don't, like, it's it's like it doesn't exist. And I think yesterday we hit the second record record high since May of, it's called COVID cases. And I think we have, like, how many people in the ICU, four people died since yesterday. It's just like, you know... This is the to like, and then we they asked Dina Hinshaw, who's our medical authority on COVID for this uh, pandemic, like what was the justification for not having a mask mandate? What was the justification for not requiring isolation once you have a positive test? And to this day, they did not give, and they will probably not give a satisfactory answer because they don't have the numbers to back it. They don't have like, oh, these people, are, all these people are vaccinated, all these people, are blah blah blah. They don't have that justification for why they just let everything go the only justification, the justification that they have is, is election, election. The, that's the only justification they have so they're just gonna delay releasing that information until after september 20 and then just gonna be like ah, okay and then that's when Locked they're gonna up. see if they're gonna put back the mask mandate and like all of this isolation things but for now we're really like suffering because i the, the thing is what i don't understand is why they care because alberta will never vote non-conservative these people they hold conservative above you like it's a punishment they'll be like oh the ndp is not hop dropping doing everything break dancing for me then we're voting conservative yeah literally for everything so i don't understand the funniest thing i saw like this trudeau yesterday he was talking about jason kenny he's like jason kenny failed alberta which he did jason kenny fails albertans every day but they're like oh every uh, eight out of ten fundings that Albertans got in the pandemic to survive came federally and that is so embarrassing I think we only got a thousand four hundred last year the start of the pandemic in March that was the only one-time payment 
that Albertans got. I know that BC has a complete, BC's NDP, so they have a completely different setting. They have like federal and provincial funds for, for the pandemic. But here, no more, nothing. It was zero. He did not even pay attention. He just paid attention to that failed pipeline that he couldn't get approved because Joe Biden became president and he lost that. So yeah you know i really ignore uh, uh, it's so depressing i really ignore alberta uh politics because of how depressing it is and then rachel notley is not resigning so we have Who's to like rachel look notley? forward to she's our previous premier the mm-hmm. one that i said was the first premier to ever to lose, lose yeah in a re-election bid uh, she's in alberta NDP. so what is she's she ndp She's still the leader of the NDP party in Alberta, so she hasn't resigned. So in 2023, when we have our provincial election to choose a new premier, Jason Kenney and her will probably go head to head again. So nothing really is going to change in Alberta's politics for quite some time, in my it's opinion. Because interesting because um, Ontario, we're going to go into an election in um, 2022. So we're going to we're going to have a provincial election in a matter of months. I wish. If you guys I vote wish. for uh, Doug Ford again, it's over for you people. I would like to point out, I actually voted provincially. The rest of these, I don't know about everybody else. I can't speak for them. Well, I, that was the craziest election. I'm so shocked. The fact that Doug Ford won in North Etobicoke and Rice. It says, it's like what Marian was saying, right? Like, it's turning blue and like, people are so good at hiding their true feelings in Canada. They have an art in it. So you, you'll be shocked every time. Is that how a message a masjid in Toronto was showing their support for conservative political leaders. Please, Sorry. I wanted to strip my name. Sorry, is that read prayer? Read prayer. They're showing they're showing support for conservatives. I genuinely don't think though. Like I feel like the Ford family runs Toronto. Like I don't know if people okay, vote yeah, for them yeah. because they're conservative or because they're just obsessed with that family. Because it's not the math's not mathing. Like I think the Ford family runs Etobicoke North, and that's and that's it. No one. I feel like they're politically savvy. They're like Boris Johnson of thingy. Like you know. Yeah, because oh, there's sure, another Ford yeah. that's in like that's a city councilor, I think, or mm-hmm. yeah, like Michael Ford. I think that's like his nephew or something. So like the Fords are Ford's very one. like dominant in that area because of their name. Not and the drinks of politics. Literally, that's crazy. No, but you know the 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 provincial. Like I just wanted to like mention this part. Provincially and federally, the governments they're extremely different because Nova Scotia premiership. Like I don't know what his name was Tom. I don't know, but like uh, three or four days ago, they won a PC premier in people as people say like a shock election. Liberals didn't win uh, a majority provincial whatever, and it was conservatives that won. Not shocking if you know Nova Scotia, but anyways, he, he not. He, that specific premier, is very has very different platforms than Aaron O'Toole, like federally PC, as well as like Jason Kenney and a lot of and Doug Ford. He's very, I think you would say, more aligned with NDP, which is very interesting to see. Like he distanced himself from the federal PC party in order for him to gain Nova Scotians vote. Like he was like, there's going to be a mask mandate. There's going to be isolation more funding for COVID. So I think that's like very interesting in Canadian politics, how, how you can run as a conservative and have completely different. And you know, obviously Aaron O'Toole is just like, see, we have the momentum, but 
every single thing that he wanted, this guy that just won the premiere was against. So that was funny to see. And I think that's like really interesting in Canadian politics, how provincial elections, provincial elections can be set up differently than federal elections and how provincial parties are autonomous, I guess I you think can say. That, I think that, uh, firstly, Tim, what's his name? Tim Houston, right? Yeah, Tim, Tim yeah. Houston, Tim. yeah. I think that, like, Nova Scotia, like, literally, what was it? After the election, they've been having, like, issues with, like, like reactions to the elections, and there's just been, like, a lot happening in Halifax, which is the province of Nova Scotia, but it's, like, definitely, like, it, it's interesting because for him, he was running on the platform that, like, COVID, not COVID, uh, COVID safety and COVID relief was, like, his biggest voting thing, and, like, you know, COVID safety and, like, you know, making sure that people are safe or whatever, which is interesting obviously i don't support conservatives at any point across anything but it's just interesting exactly like you were saying like it looks so different depending on where you live but Mm -hmm. i think that on this federal election and what folks should know is if you are trying to figure out kind of like where you fall or things along those lines you know we're seeing the same topics being really like there's kind of like always the hot button or the issues that people are talking about in this election and we know that prior to election day which is september 20th uh we're gonna have a leaders debate so what that means is um you're probably gonna have like maybe two i'm gonna guess like probably two just because of covid and that makes it look so different but like you have leaders debates and it's yeah it's just like a debate between political leaders and like with that like some of the really big issues that we're gonna see are like probably gonna be like right we're gonna see covid being like one of the biggest ones i'm gonna say like indigenous issues systemic racism climate change yeah like those i feel like are gonna be like the biggest issues and that's a leaders debate can quite often be a really good way to like kind of Mm -hmm. uh get to know leaders and like okay but i have a question for Mm -hmm. you people okay anyway my question is what do you guys tell the cynics the people who say what's the point of voting because none of these people ever come through with their promises i would you know what you have a point that's what i would say (laughs) (laughs) i was very much vote 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 last election but i feel like the past two years has been so depressing like just seeing all these liars and i'm just like oh my gosh i think i agree with the brits who are like very much anti-voting because i hate all these people (laughs) well i was like maybe they have a point maybe because it's just all of them contradict what they say they all and you kind of get to see that and i think recency bias really sometimes makes you forget of all the things that they've done because like right now everyone's going to focus on like trudeau's like the the serb and whatever and everything that he's done and forgetting all the bullshit he's committed. Oh my gosh, like forgetting the fact the whole like the uh, charity the whole, yeah yeah like we don't remember that and just like a lot of things in general that's been that they've done that's been super shady the lack of regard for black muslims that are being attacked in in alberta, alberta. like it's just like so much that you're like wallahi will it make a difference what i would say to them is that people that are it's very good that people are like cynics so you know some at some point in their life they were hopeful in 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 politics <laughs> so that's great i would say that do it out of spite because a lot of these white people sorry guys but whatever white people are literally being wheeled out of their retirement host homes to vote conservative because they're racist you know a lot do it out of spite because like just look at the federal government and look at provincial uh politics as a microcosm like for example a very good i would say a microcosm of how federal pc government would be run is alberta because aaron o'toole and jason 
Reese and Kenny have like almost like very close back background. They were like taught by the same people. I think so. Something like that. Correct Military me if I'm wrong. Anybody? Or something. Yeah. Yeah. So just see how Alberta is suffering and think of what would happen to all of Canada if the PC government won a majority. And you can see by their, um, in the next few days, they're going to be rolling out their election key points that they want to run out. They haven't done it yet. I think so. I think it's going to be in a little, in a few days or so and see like, what is important to all of them. I know that Trudeau's government, they don't really have a lot of things going on for them. They have like, oh, we did all of that, so vote us in. Mm -hmm. That's their type of, that's kind of their thingy. And I see that the PC government and the NDP government have really great points. I know, for example, the NDP government, I wish, you know, they have better staff once again, but I know that they're running on 20% of people, of students have will have a loan forgiveness program. Like, if they were elected, that's like their promise that they're going to push through with loan forgiveness, child care, like the liberal government, and they're going to address indigenous genocide, which only 3% of people thought was a priority in their election. So that should tell you a lot about Canada. But anyways, I was called and I know the PC government is looking at jobs, more jobs. And I know that they are like, you know, they have really good points, like all three, except for the Trudeau's government, because like they're in power right now. And they just we did everything is basically their spiel for us. But if anything, I would say vote out of spite. And because a lot of these people get majority governments because of like the older generation voting to keep the, the status quo, like yeah. immigration policies. I know the Trudeau government did nothing about in- immigration policies for a long time because mostly because they don't push through with huge things in a minority government because a lot of people can claim credit. So they uh, just don't introduce major policy changes in minority governments because they don't want other parties to take credit. So that's why a lot like immigration policies, UBI, which is universal basic income, which is what we need. Truthfully, honestly, CERB taught us that a lot of people are living below the poverty line, which is like unacceptable in Canada. Pharmacare, which nobody really brought up, I think. So I'm not sure why I, why we have to pay for our prescription. It doesn't make sense in a universal healthcare system that we have. So listen to the debates, listen to a lot of the the key like their platforms that are coming out in the next few days push them like in if you guys are in like town meetings with mps you don't even like a lot of mps are running on writing so just go to your writing you don't have to go to like big heads like the leaders of the parties just go to your mps and tell them what you like are looking forward to in the next election and i ramble and it's on probably that. a lot yeah. of them are going to be on zoom so go ahead guys go off i would just like to say I genuinely have no faith in voting and all that stuff. I'd still vote every single time because my approach is tying your camel approach and it irks my soul for me to have an opinion on politics while mm-hmm. I'm not actively doing anything about it. So if my vote is trash, it's trash. At least I went and voted, you know? So that is my approach to it. <laughs> I think that. that like, for example, universal basic income, for example, they tried it in Southern Ontario in a town. But when we um, had, when we didn't have this progressive, this progressive conservative government in Ontario but once our our once it changed our provincial government and we had a conservative government they slashed the program Canada is the only country that has universal health care but that does not include pharmacare things along those lines so it's actually very like like this the thing is for me like why I think I vote or like I force my siblings to or my parents and things like that is like 
I firstly, I don't believe in like, <laughs> I don't believe and anyone who knows me, I don't believe in like these government structures. I don't believe in any of it. I think that these are all like lies. I think these are entrenched with white supremacy. I think it's just colonialism. I think all of this. I just, I don't believe in these systems whatsoever. But as we're actively working in order to, you know, remove them or, you know, like take them apart, I think that unfortunately I'm still living under these systems or within these systems. So I'm going to vote because like I'm in within these systems and while I'm working to uh, take them apart in the work that I do, I'm still like, I'm still going to vote even though I don't like believe in them. Like it's kind of like you're living within the confines, but I'm still going to do what I can in order to try and make things better until we can live and reimagine and take apart these systems. But as well, it's like people might think like federal politics does not impact you that much, but I'm going to tell you something like it does. And honestly, I would also say like municipal politics as well is a huge thing to think about when you are living like in specific cities or towns, because that shows policing budgets. You see money that goes into public health in your city, uh, money that goes into like ticketing in your city all of these things but on a federal level it's also like people who work in nonprofit. a lot of the grants that we get funding grants where does it all come from the government so if you're voting in or you're not voting in one that cares about social services or things like that a lot of the times funding and grants are getting slashed and cut like nobody's business you're seeing student loan impacts people are saying that oh the trudeau government is bringing in a lot of like forcefully displaced people or like refugees right now like he's he promised to bring in like i think it was like a crazy number it's like dude it's because he hasn't been able to bring anyone in during covid like that's why you're seeing these numbers increase yeah so it's like also because they destabilized the region and they this is the only literally western that canada does canada always does this by the way they help destabilize a, a, a region and be like oh we're gonna bring in twenty thousand refugees like that gives them like a out uh, but yeah. the uk is not even doing anything so i guess and it's just like to me it's like it's like you know if hypothetically let's just start on like you know if you you only need two things to vote in Canada, right? You have to be a Canadian citizen and you have to be over 18. Okay, you don't know which riding you're in. There are so many great websites where you can literally put in your postal code and you can be like, okay, where am I allowed to, where where is my riding? Okay, then register to vote because you do have to register to vote if you're able to. But if you can't on election day, you just need to bring in a piece of like a bill or uh, something along those lines that has your name and the address. And if you don't have anything like that, you can bring someone with you who can actually testify to the address that you live at. And that is okay. So it's like things like that. And it's like, if you don't how the government structure works, or you don't know who to vote for and things like that, and you want to know about different parties, apathy is boring. I think youth of engagement, uh, future of engagement, sorry, they have made really, really great online digital resources for people to learn about, you know, uh, what are the topics being covered? What are the political platforms? platforms of each person what are even the people in your writing who they are and what they support and as well just being like very cognizant of the information that you're consuming and making sure that it's from reputable uh sources so you're not getting news that's every news is like inherently kind of like biased but just making sure that you're going to like trustworthy or like pretty decent uh newspapers or like online digital resources but i would say vote because like it until we can like take these systems apart and reimagine this world, this stuff does impact you. It impacts your student grants. It impacts your funding. It impacts nonprofits. It impacts immigration. It impacts all of these things. So it is a big deal. And at the end of the day, your vote, like it does, it sucks, but like it does matter. So that's what I kind mm-hmm. of, yeah. 
I would just like to say, I've been saying since the beginning, I am not biased, okay? I am everything against conservatives. So, like, if you're voting for stay home... But if you guys want to know what a conservative government looks like, if you look at Alberta, they're trying to uh, cut funding for hospitals and like cut funding for nurses, cut funding for Classic. anything to do with health so that people could find it so unbearable to use our healthcare system that they go to private, uh, what do you call hospitals and stuff like that because they're trying to privatize healthcare. Just FYI. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I was planning on voting anyways but i think this has you know if i wasn't i feel like i was very convinced i think the only difference is probably i will be going into this election less optimistic like the last one was the first federal election i participated in so yeah i think i went in believing them hyped huh on the naivety yeah i think i was a little delusional but i think now it's like more realistic and like less expectations from any of the parties so we're about to wrap up anyways but before we do when is the election september 20 is the election you can vote early there's a lot of resources for people who are unable to register Marian just said apathy is boring has a lot of resources for people who have like language barriers and like you know need help applying and help like registering for the elections I would definitely say this election is extremely important vote NDP that's (laughs) I'm crying especially if you're in Alberta vote also I would also say two things if you want to work elections, they actually hire a lot of folks for polling and stuff like that and to work the election. And it's a few, it's like a few hours. So if like you're, anyone can really do it. So you can actually go to elections.ca and see if they're hiring uh, polling folks in your area just to make a little extra money. And as well, at the same time, legally, you and do not let anyone let you think otherwise. You are legally in Canada entitled to three hours to vote. And that means that you have the right to tell your staff manager or um, whoever you work under that you need time to vote. And legally, they are not allowed to say no to Is you. It paid? And they have to accommodate you. That, it depends on the individual place. I cannot speak to that. I, I was paid. I was paid and I didn't work for government. Like in Alberta... I think you're supposed to be paid, but I would ask Double as well. Check. But I, I would, yeah, I was, I was paid, and also I would say a lot of MPs are hiring. If you guys are about that political life, if you want to work at an MP's office or an upcoming, like anyone that's running for a seat. They're also hiring a lot of like engagement, even like speech writers and a bunch of things. If you guys are about that things and you have like social sciences degrees or are in school or students and stuff like that for that. Yeah, apply. They probably will accept you because they do need people and it's very short notice. There's only um, less than 36 days now for the campaign and it hasn't even gone off yet correctly. Like they're in like the six day campaigning and they need a lot of people. So if you're about that life you should like apply for MP offices and upcoming MP. I think like lastly, I'm just excited to see because there's quite a few Somali people running across the country. I know like some in Alberta. I know like in Ontario, there's quite a few. So I'm kind of interested to see how that goes because I find that Somali people typically run liberal or like NDP. Yeah. But like, you know, you might have the one-off Somali who runs in a conservative, but um, look to that person. (laughs) The one from Ottawa. Anyways, anyways, we're just going to skim by that. Well, out of spite, guys, truly, honestly, like I see people wheeled in in wheelchairs that literally have like oxygen tanks and I know they voted conservative. So if they can do that, you guys should be able to as well so 
Well, well, that is the end of this episode. Thank you so much, Marian and Julia, for joining us, and you know, kind of explaining <laughs> some of the concepts. <laughs> It was very much appreciated. I feel like I'm going in more informed, and definitely will be linking some of those resources you guys mentioned in the description, inshallah. With that, we'll end the episode. If you'd like to join the conversation, you can email us at abuanchronicles at gmail.com. Anonymously send us curious cat questions at abuanpodcast on curious cat. And you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at abuanpodcast. We also have merch available on our website at www.abuanchronicles.com forward slash merch, where you can get yourself a tote, stickers, pins. I mean, it's almost fall, so you can also cop yourself a hoodie. And yeah. Thank you so much. Till next time. Assalamualaikum. Bye, guys. Bye-bye.